return. It's time for discussion and interviews about the world of golf you won't hear anywhere else. Here are your hosts, Nick Heidelberger and Joe Simons. Hello, hello. Welcome into another episode of At The Turn. Joe with you. If you listened to last week's episode, you know that Nick is probably en route to Moscow, Idaho right now, so he'll probably be out the next few weeks, but we're very, very lucky to be joined by the returning champ. You know him on social media as Golf Threats blog, Greg Montefort. Thank you so much for stopping by to talk some spring fashion and other topics with us. So awesome to be here. Good to catch up with you guys again, even though Nick is uh, on his travels. Hopefully he's uh, listening in at some point. Hope he's safe. Everyone's getting there. Before we get to the the fashion, uh, I see you posting some swing vids. How's the game right now? What are your goals for 24, Greg? Uh, Yeah, so like I got down to a three or a little bit less than a three. It's like a 2.8 the end of last year. Uh, It was like a late season run, I guess. Uh, The the handicap was hanging out around five or a little bit higher than that during the summer. And I don't know, had some good rounds late in the year. So I haven't started this year great, but uh, yeah, just dealing with courses that are somewhat underwater here and Northern California. So we'll see once we once we get the, the season started for real. Shaking off the rust this time of year. We start yeah. posting in a couple of weeks here in Oregon. So I would say, you know, about about April, maybe May, then we start taking things a little bit more seriously. Now it's shaking the rust off. Just we're just happy to be here at this time of the year, right? If you're playing in January and February, you really can't complain anyway. So. Exactly. And if you are, find something else to complain about. Uh, so you, you just mentioned before we started that you were down at the uh, PGA Merch Show uh, in Florida just a few weeks back. So why don't we just start there? Um, what were some of the trends that you saw from a fashion perspective? Did anything catch you off guard or was it pretty much in line with where you thought we were going to be heading into 24? Yeah, pretty much in line. I think, you know, um, one of the big talking points was, you know, prints. And, uh, you know, we've seen prints, we've seen patterns, obviously, kind of dominate the fairways the last few years. Um, I think a lot of those have been really big and bold types of prints that have been, you know, making statements. What a lot of the apparel companies are talking about are kind of having tighter, kind of smaller, more intricate prints, uh, a little more sophisticated, a little more elegant. um, And they kind of wear more like a solid at a different at a distance. So it might be, you know, 30, 40 feet away from somebody and you're like, oh, it looks like a solid shirt. But when you get up close, you know, there's kind of a small print uh, on there. So a little bit of change, I guess, in the size of the prints and kind of how tight they are uh, that we're seeing. Um, the other big talking point was texture as well. And I might mm. be like nerding out here from like a kind of apparel standpoint That's for, great. for listeners. But, uh, you know, a lot of like shirts, uh, pants have been pretty flat, um, you know, kind of jersey uh, types of fabrics. Uh, we're seeing more PKs come back in, so a little bit of texture there. Uh, also seeing, you know, some plaids come back as well, uh, some herringbone, some of those kind of classic textures as well, but kind of done in really modern ways. Uh, new company to check out, um, Field Day. Uh, so this was started by Patrick Keegan. Patrick uh, spent some time at Ralph Lauren. He spent some time at Grayson, some time at Linksville, went back to Grayson, then started his own brand uh, called Field Day. 
uh, a couple of years ago. First started with just some hats and sweatshirts, but a full collection uh, this year and really cool looking stuff that's different than just about everything out there. Kind of bringing more like wools back in, like a lot of Glen plaids, again, some herring bones as well, uh, tab trousers and uh, polos with contrasting and extended plackets, uh, you know, maybe a little bit kind of in the Keith Mitchell uh, mm. flavor as well so just a, something a lot different than um you know a lot of the polyester that we've seen and you know really tech fabrics you know he's doing some mercerized cottons and things like that so uh that was really the thing that stood out for me uh the most was was field day and what he's doing there we're also seeing a lot of more vibrant colors come back to the fairways so you know the last few years kind of more muted colors uh, kind of, you know, dusty types of pastels, but really starting to punch up the color palette uh, in a lot of ways uh, this year. And of course, streetwear is kind of a hot thing right now and really making a big push and in influencing golf fashion uh, in a lot of ways. So uh, I think we'll probably jump into like what Malbon's doing. Uh, but uh, you know, there's also brands like Metal Wood Studio that's doing some really cool things and doing collabs with uh, FootJoy. There's Eastside Golf, which I mean, mm. uh, I, I love Eastside, just kind of the vibe that they're bringing and uh, just an incredible story there with their co-founders, Earl and Elijah Wan, just showing up at the PGA show, you know, a few years ago with a duffel bag of sweatshirts. And, you know, this year they had just the absolute best booth uh there like the vibe in the booth was incredible just some great tunes playing and great energy there it's just awesome to kind of see uh how that brand has grown and kind of the authenticity that they've they've brought uh as well but uh now other other kind of streetwear brands like you know quiet golf or students golf uh, public drip you know a lot of what you know we're probably seeing kind of more on our Instagram feed than on tour in a lot of cases, but really starting to influence uh, golf fashion. And I always feel like a lot of the change that we see actually starts with like these smaller kind of boutique brands, kind of the up and coming brands, and then uh, sort of the big brands kind of jump on the bandwagon. So interesting to see where that goes. Yeah, you, you, you hit on a couple of things that I definitely want to get to, but if we can back up to field day a little bit, because it seems like streetwear has really been the sort of the movement coming forward. And you're right, it's almost like Instagram and influencers sort of the testing ground before you see it make its way onto the PGA Tour. And frankly, the LPGA Tour may be a little bit more of a testing ground than the PGA Tour is in terms of fashion. But a brand like Field Day kind of taking the Keith Mitchell approach because it's definitely the opposite of what Jason Day and Malbon are trying to do mm -hmm. out on tour. So can you talk a little bit about sort of the the classic, maybe Arnold Palmerish type look, but updating it for 2024? Yeah, and I, I think that's really where Field Day kind of sits is kind of that golden era of golf, but they're also doing some really modern uh, layers uh, as well. So some technical pieces to kind of go along with that from a layering standpoint. Uh, I think just overall, I'm interested to see what's happening in professional golf now, with, uh, like a lot of the Nike contracts not being renewed and a lot of players going off and signing with kind of some smaller boutique brands. I think Keith Mitchell was really the first one to do that and really creating a unique look uh, for yourself on tour. So, you know, it used to be like, you know, Nike, Adidas really kind of dominated the fairways and 
Like it got to the point where you couldn't really tell, you know, you had the same guys wearing the same shirt right. on, on the same day and they're, they're dressed exactly alike. But, you know, having players now have the option, the ability to kind of go out and create their own unique look. Again, Keith Mitchell did that really well. Jason Day is doing that now. Uh, you know, like a company like Bad Birdie has gotten a, a tour presence as well. And they have, uh, you know, a couple guys on tour uh, sporting theirs, uh, their gear as well. So, you know, I think that's a trend that we're kind of seeing in professional golf is, you know, is it, how, how are kind of these players now creating their own kind of unique look where, you know, maybe the big apparel deals aren't there as much uh, as they used to be? Yeah. It's a really interesting conversation, and I guess that kind of leads us into uh, the Tiger-Jason Day. They're sort of related, right? Since Jason Day was a Nike guy, that contract ran out. It allowed him to go to a company like Malbon, obviously created a big splash on the PGA Tour when he showed up in you know the 90s-style sweater vest and sort of the baggy pants, and Jason Day is known as a guy who's really fit and wore snug clothing, and you could see it hugged his biceps and looked really strong out there, and now he looks like, well... Kind of a kind of a forty year old dad, but that's literally what he is. So like, I don't think it's that crazy of a transition. Um, I was surprised that people were caught off guard by it. Maybe just because I'm too on social media and I see Malbon a lot, and you know, Gigi Stoll is like a really popular figure in the Northwest, and she reps for Malbon, and so I see the clothes out there a lot. Were you surprised that people were surprised? Like, what was your reaction to the reaction? I was surprised. I just feel like this is where we've been going the last couple of years, especially if you look like what's going on in men's fashion. And, you know, look at like the NBA players coming through the parking lot into the tunnel, right? Just over the last couple of years, yeah, fits have become a little bit more generously cut. We've had more of a 90s retro influence, which I think is now bleeding into more of an early 2000s type of influence and you think about like yeah look, the pants that tiger wore in the early 2000s like you probably could have fit four of them in those <laughs> pants right so uh no surprise that that's where we're going um but i yeah a little bit surprised with your action uh surprised that it was maybe jason day i don't know that i would have picked mm. him to be like the malbon ambassador but you know Seems to be working for him um, pretty well. Again, he's like he's created a unique look for himself. And you know, if you want to stand out on tour, you know, that's that's one way to, to go about doing. It. And I think it works well for your other sponsors as well, right? Because you're just not you're not falling into the pack. You're you're standing out, you know, as, you know, especially on like a weekend telecast as well. Yeah, it's really interesting, and you know, you alluded to Nike a couple of times, and obviously Tiger is is the big news there. But I mean, Nike still has, you know, I saw Scotty out there at the Phoenix Open. Rory is still wearing Nike. A lot of big yeah, names. Tom Kim. Are, yeah. yeah, Tommy Kim. Exactly. A lot. A lot of big names are still wearing Nike gear. So you know, with the state of Nike, and I guess you could probably, in retrospect, say, hey, the writing was on the wall when they stopped manufacturing that it might get to this point where they're completely out of the golf game altogether. Um, but to see Tiger go away, um, you sort of assume that's going to happen with other players. It's just a really interesting spot that we're in right now. We were talking before we recorded about the Tiger piece of things, Greg, that almost from, you know, the the ball that hung on the lip in the 05 Masters, all the iconic commercials, 
he's so associated with the brand it is going to be weird and it'll happen this week at Riviera the big unveiling is going to happen he's going to be wearing the new stuff um but now that we've had about a month six weeks to kind of sit with the news does it make any more sense now or is just the weirdness so hard to get over that we're going to need some time to sit with it before it all makes sense still weird to me it's it's like uh you know michael jordan wearing a wizard's jersey or tom brady in a buccaneers helmet like i there's just some things in sports i can't square in my mind and i'm just having a difficult time squaring in my mind not seeing tiger and sunday red with you know several swooshes uh all over him so um it's it's gonna be weird uh for sure but Probably in like six months from now, we'll just look at it and be like, oh, yeah, well, just Tiger in his, in his new apparel, right? Yeah, and, and I think so. And, you know, I was, I was thinking about it earlier today. You know, Arnold Palmer had his own logo. Jack had the Golden Bear. Phil has, you know, take it or leave it, the the logo where he's jumping, jumping after winning the match. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the jumping logo. So, I don't know. It, I think with the benefit of time, it's going to make more and more sense that Tiger will have like a Tiger logo that is his own, that is separate from a brand. I suppose, you know, Michael Jordan was sort of the blueprint, right? He had his own brand within the brand of Nike, and you could argue that Jordan is a more, you know, important brand right now than the Nike actually is. And it just never felt like Tiger Tiger's logo got to that point with Nike. Like, they tried a few times, but it never seemed like they came together and found that right logo for Tiger where there was a Tiger brand within Nike. It was always Nike with Tiger. Do you think that's part of it, or is this just a business decision ultimately in your estimation? I think it's a little bit of it and probably feeds into the to the business decision of it. Um, you know, talking about Jordan, I think that you know, the Jordan brand's been as has actually picked up a lot of momentum in golf over yeah. the last few years, right? So you you look at like a lot of the excitement around footwear, a lot of the you know excitement about different drops on on social media actually has to do with you know Jordan golf shoes. We had uh, the Travis Scott you know uh, collab back in the fall that had, had a ton of interest uh, in it. And again, Eastside Golf has done you know collabs with Jordan as well. So um, you know it, it's more of that sneaker culture. Uh, that we're seeing coming into golf, maybe more so than, you know, like traditional golf wear, which is where, you know, Nike was trying to play and which is more where the Tiger Woods line was as well. Like, you know, traditional stripes, Tiger wasn't one to really go outside the box very much. Um, and I don't know that if they ever like really got, you know, other golfers, PGA Tour players on board with the Nike brand as well. Like, you know, Jordan has with, you know, with, uh, you know Jason Tatum and various other athletes wearing Jordan shoes and kind of keeping that line going. Uh, you know, I think Scotty Scheffler wore Tiger gear uh, for a bit. He's now, they still look like Tiger shoes, but not <laughs> branded yeah. uh, as such. But it seemed to... Yeah, it just seems to, you know, not really, especially the last few years, and maybe that's Tiger not playing as much as well, just didn't seem to, you know, have that same, uh, you know, cachet that maybe it had, you know, 20 years ago to be wearing Tiger gear. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, not only for the new fashion line, but sort of this next iteration of Tiger where he's getting close to being on the Champions Tour. 
it feels like maybe there's a little bit left in the tank. I mean, when you see Phil finish second at the Masters in his early 50s, you think to yourself, well, Tiger can limp around and get some T5s in the Masters. Like, that, that's within his realm. So, like, maybe we get, like, a half dozen more years wishful thinking of some relatively competitive golf for Tiger. And this new brand that is allegedly going to be under the umbrella of TaylorMade, you know, perhaps they're going to be able to ride those wins to some sort of success with some new brand. I mean... Arnold Palmer, to me, is sort of the blueprint. I know it's a different thing, kind of a different time, but Palmer rode his post-playing career to such huge success with endorsements and companies and from a business perspective. It feels like that's kind of where Tiger could go in the next five to 20 years. Yeah, I also look at it as, you know, the Palmer apparel has kind of bounced around with different licensees over the last 10 years, right? Uh I know Jack has the Golden Bear uh, line, which is licensed as well. Can't really say that either one of those have been super successful sure. over the last 10 years as well. So it leads to questions about Tiger's line and is it going to be his line or is he just, you know, wearing apparel from, you know, uh, another company as well. So it'll be interesting to see kind of how that unfolds. And yeah, can there be some momentum built around it? Yeah, and it's so funny, especially around Riviera, because everyone points to the incredible fits Tiger had as a team. The big straw hat, wouldn't it sawgrass when he's 16, wearing the the stripes and the and the and the long socks and his like he it's almost like a different person, right? Kind of the pre pro Tiger and the post pro pro Tiger. And I just I don't know. I, I, I wish there was a there was a little more flair in, in, in sort of the rigidity that he had during his playing career. Yeah, that's tough to figure out. Like as a as a junior, I felt like he dressed a lot better than he did as a professional, right? And uh, yeah, where where did that kind of switch in his mind? Because if you're Nike in 2002, you're making whatever Tiger wants you. That's right. right. Yeah. So like he had to have a lot of control over what was being created. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how things look this week at Riviera and beyond. You you mentioned a little bit earlier, um, you know, Bad Birdie is is one of the brands that assigned some some tour players. Lululemon grabbed uh, Minwoo Lee. Lee. Yeah, yeah, big signing. One of the most exciting players, but huge on social media. Great signing for them. So is the the Nike and the Adidas and kind of the traditional, we'll say, for the last two decades, brands that clothe the players, where everyone looks the same at the Masters in the U.S. Open. Now that we're branching out a little bit, presumably we're going to see a lot more flair, not just from, you know, sort of the random guys, but like big name players like, you know, Siwoo Kim. That's that's a that's a player's champion. Minwoo Lee, a guy who finished second at the players last year, going to contend in majors. These are big names signing with these companies. Yeah, a lot more individuality, I think, which which is good, right? Um, yeah, just thinking about master scripts of years past, it was, you know, same players wearing things either the same days or, you know, different days throughout the week. There was no really differentiality between, you know, players out there. I love the Minwoo Lee signing because, you know, I, I think he has the best vibe on tour yeah. right now. Um, so it's, yeah, it, it's also reaching maybe kind of a new demographic for Lululemon or a demographic that they want to get into of, you know, just not being so much thought of as like the yoga company, but making more of a push uh, into men's uh, apparel as well and trying to connect uh, more with kind of the men's golf area. I know my daughter plays high school golf, and like 
all, all the girls on the team want to wear like Lululemon uniforms, right? So like, how do you take that? And, you know, you, you have, you know, the boys team that wants to wear Lululemon. It's go get a guy like Minwoo Lee with, you know, the hair and the, the vibe and the big Oakley sunglasses and, you know, it's a, it's a million miles. So I, I love it. I think it's a great signing for them. Yeah. And as someone who bought a pair of Lululemon golf shorts a couple years ago, those things are comfy. They are durable. They breathe. Like it's not a low price point, but if you get one or two really good pairs like that, you bring them on your golf trip instead of like four average pairs. I, I couldn't recommend it enough. Very, very well-made products. Same with the ABC pants. Absolutely. Best, best pants. I was going to ask you about this, and I'm glad I remember because I didn't write it down. What is it? Because obviously shorter shorts are much more in fashion right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm a relatively short guy. So even like a five-inch inseam, it doesn't look like I'm wearing very short shorts. So mm-hmm. what what is a good brand in terms of golf for like the in-fashion length, kind of the three or five-inch inseam? Yeah, I think the good news is that most brands are actually going shorter, and I'm glad you brought this up because I kind of forgot it as, as my trends from the PGA show. Great. But it was one of the hot topics there of, yeah, going shorter shorts. Like, you know, last year, like we were going, you know, less than nine inches, like eight and a half was sort of the sweet spot. Talking to people this year, like some are even like pushing seven inches, which, you know, I don't know, for me, maybe a little aggressive. Like, uh, you know, last summer I was wearing Grayson shorts that were eight inches mm-hmm. and absolutely loved them, felt really comfortable in them. As soon as I went back to like the normal length shorts, I was like, wow, these are, these are really long. So yeah, it, it depends on how long your legs are too, right? So if you have some shorter legs, then yeah, you can definitely probably get more, more aggressive with, uh, the length of them. If you have longer legs, then, yeah, maybe you're still on like that eight, eight and a half, uh, nine inch, but definitely getting shorter. And um, as you know, I was at the PGA show last year, people were talking about, oh, we're going to see whether we can get under nine. And this year, people were talking about get, getting to seven. So it means that the market is accepting the, the shorter length on the shorts as well. And, you know, probably some clubs are accepting some, some shorter lengths on, on shorts too. So that's yeah, good to good to kind of see that movement. I think if we you know we're at a period where shorts were hitting people's knees or below their knees, so it wasn't having having a more tailored look. I think is is good. Yeah, it is. It is interesting to wear a pair of you know shorts with a shorter inseam and then go back to what you were wearing before. It just it, it feels like you're absolutely swimming in them. It's it's a really bizarre feeling. So but then we're gonna get back into '90s retro it, and 2000s retro and. <laughs> Right. We're going to get back to longer shorts. So it's all a cycle. So. That's and, and and that's what I keep telling myself. I ha- I have them tucked away because I know Greg in 3 to 5 years it's going to cycle back and I'll feel silly if I get rid of my nice Travis Matthews that are at 9 inches right now because in 2 years those are going to be hot again. I know it. Exactly. Yeah. So at this point just just to put a button on the uh, kind of the short shorts conversation, is it pretty universal that most brands are doing something as let's just say like an 8 inch or a 7 inch? Is is that pretty universal at this point? I was hearing it more and more at the show that people are at least getting to eight. Some people are talking about going to seven. Mm. Um, but uh, I think at the lo- you know longest is like nine these days or, you know, eight and a half. So definitely trending in that direction, you know, beyond nine. I don't, you know, not many people are talking about, you know, longer than nine at this point. Yeah. 
I figured we were kind of headed that direction. So, you know, you talk about the streetwear influence. You talk about Malbon. You're rocking the Malbon hat right now. If if the 90s aesthetic and kind of the early 2000s aesthetic is kind of what is now in streetwear, what do you sort of see as the next evolution? Was there any hint of that at the PGA show? If if it's kind of streetwear and maybe the Cashmere Keith, if those are the two ends of the spectrum, what's what 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 do you see is out there is coming that that's not quite here yet? Yeah, I feel like golf just lags so far behind. Yeah, that, like they're like just kind of picking up on that trend right now, and I'm actually interested to see again like. How is how is like Malbon? How are some of these other kind of streetwear brands going to influence what you know kind of the more traditional golf brands are doing? So you know, I don't know. Is you know a, a Footjoy going to you know start you know having apparel that's a little bit more you know generously cut, the pants are a little bit longer, have a break, and and things like that? Or you know, are are we going to you know kind of stick with where we are with more of the athleisure movement that we've seen kind of the, the last 10 years or so. But um, I, I just think it's great that as we talk about growing the game, there are so many kind of different styles there are different cultures, whether it's sneaker, sneaker culture coming into the game as well, as we talked about Jordans and, you know, who would have thought like Jordan golf shoes would be like one of the most coveted like shoes you know they would be the grails and you know reselling for two three times like their their retail value and stuff like that so uh i just think it's great that as more people come into the game they're comfortable with having different styles to wear as well and you know it's the cool thing is like there's no right answer right now uh about golf fashion so uh i think it's a really cool time that we're in right now that really is the best point. As someone who played high school golf 20, 22 years ago, um, there weren't options back then. It was an oversized, ill-fitting polo and uh, pleated khakis. And it wasn't like what Jason Day was wearing. You didn't feel cool rocking that on the golf course. You thought no, it was a uniform no, you, you, you were assigned. You weren't wearing your uniform to school. <laughs> no. It was in the locker. Game, you, so. you stuffed it in your backpack. Yeah, you weren't you weren't getting dates with the, uh, the Clackamas High School golf shirt. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> um, Greg, one, one more thing before we get to our rapid fire at the end. You kind of alluded to shoes there. I know that Jordan's, it's, it's kind of amazing how it went from, hey, you, you can basically get a classic white or maybe you get some custom, but now if you go on Nike's website, there's like any style of Jordan golf shoe you want. You can basically get it if price isn't an issue. Um, so obviously there's a huge market for that. I saw that you posted some interesting stuff about what Adidas is doing as well in the space. Even though perhaps the apparel isn't great for those two sort of legacy brands, the shoe game is strong. Shoe game is strong just everywhere right now. And again, like there's so many different styles that you can choose from, from a, from a shoe standpoint. Um, yeah, you got the Jordans, you have what Adidas is doing. Puma's coming out with some new shoes that are, that are dropping this week. Uh, Footjoy is just doing really cool things as well. And they've had, you know, some of the best collabs, I think, in the golf industry the last couple of years with, you know, they, they have a shoe dropping with uh, Metal Wood Studio this week. So kind of bridging that gap between, you know, some of the kind of the trendier streetwear looks with, you know, kind of the more classic shoes that, that they're doing. They, you know, did uh, other collabs with, you know, Buscemi and Todd Snyder. They did one with Garrett Light uh, as well a couple of years ago. So 
I think it's cool to kind of see how different designers outside the game of golf are kind of taking a golf shoe and putting their own spin on it. And I think just having those collections as well gives a company like Switchoy, who's kind of a more traditional type of golf brand, it gives them kind of this sandbox to play in and kind of go outside their normal, you know, boundaries with uh, fairly low risk as as well. So you can, you know, you still have your traditional collections for your traditional uh, customers and golfers, but for someone who is looking for something that's more fashion forward or, you know, kind of more limited edition, uh, you, you have that uh, area as well for them to kind of, kind of play on. Well, and those collabs have to be really important to your point earlier, where golf is so slow to catch up to sort of the general societal fashion trends that those collabs probably force it to move a little faster. No. Exactly. And it's, it's a testing ground uh, as well for those brands. Mm. So yeah, maybe we can go out and do something that pushes the, the streetwear trend a little bit. How is that received by our customers? Is this something that we should explore uh, in a little bit more detail? Or, you know, are we not quite ready to, to move in that direction yet? So I, again, I, it, all of this is just really really cool like when i started golf threads 10 12 years ago you never would have thought that like you know fashion designers would be like clamoring at the you know the, the opportunity to, to like come in and 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 work in in the golf space or that you know somebody like travis scott would you know want to have a golf shoe you know so uh it's uh it's awesome just to see how the game and how golf fashion evolved even just over the last five years yeah it's, it's really interesting because i think this is our third or fourth conversation we've had and it seems like every successive conversation golf fashion is more pervasive and more and more people are in and there are just more more options than even we we, we talked about what 15 months ago i think is when you were last on but it's just exploded even from there yeah, and just even in the social media space, I think mm. when I started, maybe there were one or two people that you know had Instagram accounts about golf fashion, right? Now there's a ton, and I love it just because there are you know so many other kind of like-minded individuals out there talking about golf fashion, and it's cool to see what what they think is cool as well, and uh, just to be able to you know communicate, collaborate with those people on and, and social media is, is awesome. Yeah, it's been a really exciting time for golf, fashion, golf in general over the last five to ten years. Greg Montefort, you've been very generous with your time. We're going to get you out of here on this. Ten rapid-fire questions. Turn 10, brought to you by Piper Golf. Use promo code TURN10 at checkout. Greg, are you ready? I'm never very rapid-fire, I think, from what I remember <laughs> on this, so I'll go. I'll we'll, we'll give it another try. <laughs> okay, question one. Rory or Rom? Rory. Question two, long drive or KP? Uh, long drive. Number three, favorite shoe brand right now? Uh, Foot Joy. Number four, favorite sweater brand right now? Grayson. Number five, what shoe are you going to be wearing in the summer? What's your gamer this summer? Do you have that picked out already? Mm, so uh, I have a box next to me of a brand called Boxto, uh, mm. new brand. Uh, at the PGA show last year, again this year. So Kurt Kitayama is wearing them on tour. I think maybe a couple other guys, but 
uh, more of a traditional type of shoe with uh, modern uh, kind of bottoms. So kind of uh, bridging bridging that gap between kind of you know traditional wingtips and kind of more modern fit, uh, more modern comfort uh, that you get. So I've uh, been a little rainy here. Uh, so I'm almost afraid to take them out of the box and get them muddy. But as soon as it dries out, definitely sliding those on. Box through, you said? Box toe, B-O-X-T-O. Box toe. Okay, Box gotcha. Yeah, no, trust me. I understand. We, I basically have a shoe that I wear for 11 months, and then I have a 4th of July to Labor Day shoe that I wear, and that's the clean white pair, only for that time of year. Um, number six, brand on the rise. I think it's all the ones that we've talked about. Like yeah. I'm gonna say, I'm if I'm if I'm gonna pick one, I'm gonna go Eastside Golf. Uh, just ton of momentum, uh, really cool vibe. Just got a huge investment uh, as well, getting a ton of press. Oh. Um, I feel like in business schools they should do a class or some sort of case study on how Eastside has built its brand. Wow. Okay, that's great. Huge compliment. Number seven, I think I'm, I know your answer, but best dressed player on tour? Uh, Keith Mitchell. It's tough to go against Cashmere Keith. It's tough, and he's been like, the, the weather has not been good on the West Coast, <laughs> and he has been rocking the Cashmere. Uh, by far the best dressed out there. Okay, number eight, and this is one that my buddies give me guff on that I don't really do as much, but I'm curious to get an expert's opinion. Is it okay to mix brands in the same fit? Yes. We're not professionals. Nobody's paying us. As long as it all syncs together, it works. I will say the toughest thing is to match navy blues between brands because every brand seems to have a different take on navy blue and you end up with different shades. And surprisingly, the same with black, too. Like, I've grabbed the black shirt from one brand, black pants from another. I'm like, they're like... How can there be that many variations of black? Like they just don't think up. So uh, that would be like my only my only area of caution. There. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I have this black pair of Bad Birdie shorts that I cannot find a shirt to match. Like it's like its own unique shade of black. It is so frustrating. I can't get it to match exactly. <laughs> um, number nine. This one's kind of tough. So take a second if you need it. What fashion trend in the last five years was the biggest mistake in retrospect? I know it's a big one. (laughs) I have to go back and look at like some things that I wrote about where I'm like, wow, what was I? was (laughs) Missed that one. (laughs) When when I wrote about that. Um, I will say, I, I think we got too slim at some point. Yeah. Maybe the last, five years so you know you were talking about jason day and like the you know very tight shirts you know grabbing the biceps uh i i think we might look back at that era and be like what were we really thinking yeah then? and uh i think kind of where we are in this happy medium of let's just call it tailored right now of clothes that just kind of fit really well is probably probably a good place to be in uh, as opposed to that I used to say like slim to win, but uh, we may have gotten 
too slim at some point. Uh, Greg, I, I completely agree. I look at some pictures of myself from the COVID era and I, I, I just don't know what I was thinking. Like I'm, I'm just squeezing into this medium that I have no business wearing. And it's like, I guess I thought I looked see, good. I don't know. Smallest size shirt we can wear. <laughs> exactly. And still be okay in the golf course. Okay. Last one. I told my girlfriend you were coming on and I said, do you have any questions for Greg in golf fashion? So she said, you have to ask Greg this. Is the mob wife aesthetic translating to the golf course? Oh, uh, I don't know. Tell me what that is. The mob wife aesthetic is there's this fashion trend where people are starting to dress like characters from The Sopranos, basically like the big teased up hair, leopard prints. Is is that sort of thing making its way onto the LPGA tour or is it going to take a little bit of time? It's going to take time. It always takes time in golf. It always takes time. I like that. That's really good. <laughs> Greg Montefort, follow him. You probably already are on Golf Threads blog. Always very generous with your time. Thanks so, so much for coming on, man. Good luck with the golf season. Awesome. You too. Let's get below a five. Let's do it. I'm Lacey Evans. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time at The Turn.